Welcome to CDMX Expats. My name is Raquel Ramirez, and I'll be your host. This is a show where I interview people about moving to Mexico City, how they ended up here, why they stayed, the good, the bad, and the surprising about living in one of the largest cities in the world. Subscribe to the show to hear the real stories of expats in CDMX. Welcome to another episode of CDMX Expats. I'm Raquel, and I'm recording this intro from my hotel room in El Salvador, where I'm attending the Adopting Bitcoin and Latin American Bitcoin and Blockchain Conferences. It's such a monumental time to be here, experiencing the genesis of crypto as a functional currency in an otherwise really low-tech economy. I'm super excited to see how this experiment influences the rest of Latin America and the innovation that's surely going to result from it. Today, I interview my friend, Kate Tewell, a VC rock star from LA who landed in Mexico City at about the same time as me last year. She was one of the original members of my very first WhatsApp group, Big City Refugees, and she started the Acroyoga community in Mexico City at about the same time too. She's witnessed firsthand the explosive growth Mexico City has gone through this past year, making it easily the most underrated city in the world at this moment. We talk about why it's such a fantastic place to drop into as a foreigner and immediately start thriving in work, life, inspiration, and relaxation. From parks to tacos to the startup and crypto scene, I'm more convinced than ever that the world is about to realize Mexico City is the next hot place to be. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, Kate, to the podcast. Thank you so much. Happy anniversary, I think, to both of us on almost a year in Mexico. And if anyone hasn't proclaimed you yet queen of Mexico City, I would like to do the honors because people have dropped into the city. They've made homes and they've met amazing friends and benefited from a lot of your organizing, community building, and just like constant referrals and recommendations for all the random questions and WhatsApp groups. So excited to join you today. Thank you so much. And not quite queen of Mexico City, but La Condesa de La Condesa. <laughs> it's, it's very fitting. If anyone deserved the crown, it would be you. So thank you so much. All right, Kate, let's get started. Let's just do a quick introduction. So who are you? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? Yeah, happy to share more. So my name's Kate Kewell. If I'm going on my professional identity, I have been in venture and private equity for about six years. I've done early stage investing and I'm a partner at Prana Venture Partners. The question of where am I from is always hard. Before I moved to Mexico City, I lived in LA. Before that, San Francisco, New York, DC, and I've done small stints in Shanghai, Colombia, and Indonesia. So where I'm from is kind of challenging. I was born in Minnesota, grew up in Florida, went to boarding school at 12, and I've just traveled to over 40 countries. So home is where the people I love are, and where I'm from is still just a hard question. You're truly a global citizen. It, it certainly feels that way. It feels almost just a philosophy or perspective of where you from. I've been so lucky to travel I'm also Korean-American, and so I feel like I've had so many different influences culturally through travel, through being part of diverse communities in and out of the U.S., and so I feel like I've pulled on culture and values and even history from so many of the places I've lived and the many friends I have from around the globe. Mexico, what brought you? About a year ago, I've been to Mexico plenty of times in different parts of Mexico, but hadn't spent meaningful time here in Mexico City. I had a trip around this time last year, and 
it was just inspiring. I had been in LA. I had been in lockdown. I'd been in really isolated conditions and feeling in the U.S. a lot of like fear in society and in interactions with humans. I came here and I felt like I could just breathe a little bit easier. I, I found that the preventative measures around COVID were actually higher here in Mexico City, which many people are surprised by. Yeah, I came in August to Cancun and Playa del Carmen and then Mexico City for about two weeks. And I went back to California. People are just like walking around grocery stores with a mask, but there's no hand sanitizer at the door. And it was just another level than the levels of protection mm-hmm. that were offered in state. Yes, that was something I was very surprised by. At every shop, it feels like it's temperature checked really early on. And even today, hand sanitizer, a lot more commitment to outdoor seating. And I think we've been blessed with a great temperature and weather where it naturally extended to outdoor seating and that felt really comfortable. But even just a stronger full buy-in of like mask policy, especially early on, everyone was wearing masks, even walking around the city. And people were social distancing, but they were able to still live their life. And that's really what inspired me. People ask me, like, how did I end up here? I would say Parque Mexico is what inspired me to move here, which I think many people might also be in love with. But I I went there during the pandemic and I would sit. They have like little areas to sit in the cove that surround like the circular middle that has people doing activities in the middle. It could be playing fetch with your dog, skateboarding, dancing, boxing. Everyone almost had their own little areas, but we were outdoors and it just felt like people were still living and just like connecting very human where my only experience in LA of other humans was waiting in grocery lines and people probably yelling if you were even an inch too close of like six feet away. It felt like there wasn't this sensitivity of reaction and there was people just trying to live their life but be safe it felt incredible in terms of like feeling part of something even at a distance back in december let me start the acro group yeah so very early on i moved from la and la has one of the biggest acro yoga communities that meets in santa monica on the green and it's like i mean amazing very talented people that can do very advanced things and I kept thinking about who knows when the U.S., when the world is going to be able to return to some of the normalcy that we had before COVID. And I was like, what are the things in my life that I love and can I rebuild that here? And so a funny story is actually at Parque Mexico, a very special place to me. I decided to post on a Facebook expat group and say, hi, I'm Kate. I'm here from L.A. At that point, I didn't know how long I'd be here, but I knew that I wanted to do acro yoga and see if anyone else either traveling or local wanted to. I had a few different people reach out. One of them was my good friend, Daniel. And he was like, oh, I've done acro yoga a few times. I'll meet you. And so we met in Parque Mexico one Sunday and did some basic acro yoga. And really, it was just really an unexpected thing that prompted, again, like more of a community that grew out of that. And we had a few other people, a woman that was from Barcelona that had been doing acro yoga for years, was also there and wanted to participate. And so we set up a Facebook group, we set up a WhatsApp group, and we just met reoccurring on Sundays. And we welcomed beginners and people that had never done acro before. And we welcomed and ended up hosting people from around the world. We had friends from Bogota, friends from Israel, and friends just all over the U.S. that were able to hear of just the community from 
acro jams, which are just kind of freestyle jams people join, to studios. There's about two great studios in town. And we were able to just make it easy for people to find the community here and anyone that was here to have a platform just to communicate, say, hey, does anyone want to meet today or who's going to the jam on Sunday? And that became a big reason of me wanting to stay of a community and something that I was able to rebuild here with locals, travelers, and Americans that have decided to move here. I really love that. I came out to some of the early ones and Daniel is become a very dear friend to me. So I have you to thank for that. I remember thinking even back then, like, wow, this is so cool. Because similarly, I had not seen really any community interaction in that kind of way. And I miss that so much from San Francisco, where community is at the, the core of what makes San Francisco so special to me. I have such fond memories of San Francisco. I mm-hmm. cry thinking about how much I miss San Francisco. And really, it's a community aspect. Here in late 2020, early 2021, there was just this void of that. Mm-hmm. And, and so going out to things like to Acro Yoga, you think that was actually one of the very first events mm-hmm. that, that uh, had that kind of feel. And I think I had only barely started my WhatsApp groups at that point. Mm-hmm. When did you start that? That was February? I think I started it late January, but I remember joining. I think when I first joined, it was like women only. And then I think that at some point we're like, how do we feel about kind of opening it up? And then it's now obviously taken on a a whole different identity, but has been just a central piece for people to learn how to live here and to rebuild a life here. And I think that's everything from figuring out apartments, finding restaurants, finding where to buy certain products, even doctor's visits, you name it. But it's been this group. Always asking where to get a dentist. I think I actually did a search for the key term dentist in my main group, Big City Refugees. There were like 45 options of dentists. These are all things that you need when you move to a new city. Besides just having friends, how do you do the normal things that you would do wherever you came from? Right. Figuring out how to do all of that in a new place is important. Yeah. And I think one thing I love about the WhatsApp groups and the communities that you're organizing is it also feels like such a blend and fusion of locals and, you know, expats or travelers or Americans. And so it's amazing to see people come together and be able to cross-pollinate information sharing. And I think I've helped local friends figure out even how to make payments to U.S. customers or clients or figuring out, help them translate, which I'm so happy to do because some of my friends have been so kind to help me in different instances. I love that the community just feels so inclusive and people are so open-hearted. I think that's really hard to find. One thing that comes to mind to describe, especially early this year, is it felt like freshman year. Many of us starting over at the same time or the shared experience of going through such a strange time, but really wanting connection, community, and also doing our best. I saw a lot more vulnerability of people asking people, putting themselves out there to meeting strangers. But again, it feels a lot like almost like freshman year as an adult starting over somewhere new. And it was amazing. It's just incredible. The friendships I've formed, especially during that time, this fusion of people from around the world and locals all coming together. I think everyone's come out with great relationships and friendships and also have learned a lot about each other and the great things we can take from each other's cultures and knowledge. Applying different things that work even from more of an enterprise standpoint of like 
customs and customers and how that supports trends and growth of economies. I feel blessed and every day I'm grateful for stumbling upon Mexico City and it giving me a home that's full of inspiration, community, and has pushed me to try things out and put myself out there and release also some of that kind of identities that I feel a little bit more attached to in the U.S. and build things like the Acro Yoga Group. What do you mean by releasing identity? Well, I spent a lot of time the last few months going back to the U.S. as there's been more reopening and there was like a requirement to do some in-person meetings. And I was like, wow, my friends in Mexico City don't even really know what I do. And I don't really know what they do. And I know that we're all working remote, but I don't think people's like first view of me in Mexico City is like, oh, Kate, she's a VC. You know, I was saying, maybe I'm Kate, she hosts Acro Yoga or she loves dogs or she's like always at restaurants. But it feels like you're dropping in a more human way here. And while those other things are important, it doesn't feel super defining. There's a refreshing way to show up in the world that way. Also allowed me to get over that obligation I, I have for myself that everything I'm doing has to be aligned with my career and has to be adding to that. And so it felt like there was just much more really connecting on the human level of who we are, not what we do. I've seen a really big cultural difference kind of hopping between the U.S. and Mexico City. The U.S. is still very tied to how do I tag people? And it's not necessarily negative. It's just people are trying to make sense of things and people are dropping in to kind of a culture that's been ironed out. It's like, what's your name? Where do you work? And what neighborhood do you live in? And that's all trying to tag a concept of who you think someone is. Here, it was just much more open-minded and again, has allowed me to launch projects like the Acro Yoga Group, which I just would have been like, oh, I don't have the time for that or someone else will do it in the U.S. I'm very busy. I'm just very busy. I'm trying to get an ROI on all of my time. And here I was able to just like breathe and take a step back and just like be and enjoy life a little bit more while also focusing on career points and that type of thing. Right. And what's kind of interesting about that is I always think of Mexico as being a little bit more laid back, a little bit slower, they like the siesta, right? But Mexico City is still such a big city and it's a fast paced city. And so you can still be incredibly productive here while still getting to bask in kind of that slower way of life where you can sit and you can breathe and you can enjoy food and activities and other things <laughs> in a more relaxed fashion. Yeah, that's something that attracts me and also keeps me here. People think Mexico and they think of resort in Cabo or no paved roads and like lacking infrastructure. But the Wi-Fi is great here. You can work very well here. I take Zoom meetings every day. I'm in love with Condesa and Roma in particular. The trees line the street and it's so lush and green. Or you can go to Chapultepec, which is bigger than Central Park. And it's twice just the size. twice the size. It's twice insane. The size. I've talked to a lot of friends about the differences between. And Central Park doesn't hold a flame. <laughs> <laughs> Chapultepec has four lakes, seven museums, a castle, a botanical garden, a zoo, a theme park. Right. It's, just, it's wild. And like, or dog parks, I think. Mm -hmm. Insane. What's interesting, if you look on Google for world's largest parks, it doesn't even come up on the list. Mm -hmm. Really? That's surprising. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know, but it, it just makes me think Mexico City is the world's forgotten city. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way because 
when people now ask me, what have you been doing the last year? A lot of people are like, oh, you moved to Mexico. Like, why did you do that? My friends now watch me go on this 15 minute positive everything I can talk about that's like great about Mexico City. And then I was like, yeah, but I'm so surprised people don't seem to have this concept. Or again, it feels like this forgotten about city that's so close to the U.S. I literally, Mexico is attached to the U.S. Again, like it's the fifth largest city in the world behind, I think it's Tokyo, Delhi, Shanghai, and Sao Paulo. It's the fifth largest city from a population standpoint. I like to think that Mexico City is just in stealth. And I'm kind of here for it because I love it the way it is. And I do worry as it becomes more popular on the culture changing because I think that Mexico City might not be forever and just like how New York City might not be, Paris might not be. And I think the people that are coming here want a higher quality of life. They want to connect with their community. Um, They're very open minded. And so I think I hope that kind of style of person continues to want to come here. But yeah, I think Mexico City does not have the oomph it deserves. If you think about the hot places in the world, whether it's Bali, whether it's Tulum, I think good and bad, there's a lot there. But Mexico City is growing and more people are visiting, having good experiences. I really believe outside of New York, it's like the second best food city in terms of quality and diversity of cuisine. And then like value to price, like it beats every city. I think Mexico City dollar for dollar is the best food city in the world. Yeah. And down. I, I will fight yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah. I'll back you up. What to you has been the most surprising thing about Mexico City? The surprising thing about Mexico City, maybe how happy I am here and how easy it was to drop in here. There's a lot. Culturally, people are very kind. It's a very polite city and people are willing to give a helping hand if they can, even if it's a stranger. They're willing to stop and give you directions or even walk you to where you're going. And so there's a lot more kindness and like humanness, I think, in every connection. A surprising thing for me is the lack of transactional nature. I guess a couple examples, like this is in Puerto Escondido, but you know, when I rented a surfboard there, they were like, okay, I was like, okay, I'm going to have it for a couple of days. And they're like, okay, just bring it back. And I'm like, okay, but don't I need to pay? Do I need to do paperwork? And they were like, no, just bring it back and we'll figure it out then. And I was like, wow, this would never happen in the U.S. And I guess where I've seen it in like these other flares of life here in Mexico City, I had a big bill and I was buying a fresh juice. So they were like, oh, we can't break that. And I was like, okay, could I just come back tomorrow? And they're like, yeah, sure. Just come whenever you can this week. And there was just this like sense of goodwill of, yeah, just come back and pay for it when you can. There's a sense of trust. Yes. That that isn't just a given in the States. <laughs> yeah, that definitely feels super in line. And I've seen in other versions of life of booking a fitness class and going out too late one night and wanting to reschedule and, and just messaging over WhatsApp and then being like, hey, we'll move it. Just let us know when. So there's just much more like room for the humanness and the understanding of like things come up and we all just want what's best for everyone. So that's been uh, a big surprise. I think other things would be like culture and that's a little bit of like art, museums. Really, it feels like a melting pot. I could see people calling Mexico City a new Berlin because it's attracting a lot of creators. It has deep history of a lot of incredible artists being here. And so I think there's something here that's inspiring and I felt in my own ways. But I think there's so many galleries here, people creating. There's museums and all that. There's just so much to experience and celebrate. And it's also a city where the cost of living is affordable, where the artists can live here and they can do different things. And I feel like 
even for you, you are a creator here and able to find resources and really funky and fun ways actually you do and create and have like kind of this ecosystem that supports that. Yeah, that's true. And on the museums and art side, I don't know if you know this, at least pre-pandemic, Mexico City was pretty much tied with, I think, Paris and London for the most museums in any city in the world. It had like over 150 museums. And I'm sure a number of them have closed because COVID was hard on everyone. But even then, that just really speaks to how much art is valued here. Mm -hmm. Art and history Mm -hmm. and culture is really held in high regard. And just this past weekend was Gallery Weekend. And then they had Art Week a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the art scene here is beautiful and immense and so, so extensive. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can just keep pushing deeper into that. And it kind of feels like there's no end to it. Yeah, and I think it's also just like woven into the culture here. I wasn't here, but I've seen a lot of photos and I've seen reminiscence of Dia de los Muertos and traditionally, I think, celebrated from Oaxaca, but a lot of the traditions are adopted here. I heard about the parade and I see the beautiful like orange flowers. I think they're carnations all over the city. Marigolds? Well, they're beautiful. Marigolds. And so it's amazing to see like the artistry and also different forms of creation. I feel like I see incredible flower markets. I see custom-built furniture all the time. And there's just a lot more woven in of like artisan and different ways to showcase that here. I think that stems from things are not mass produced here. The thing I love about Condessa, maybe another surprising thing is the density of restaurants. I would love to know the numbers because there's so many. I would love someone to do like a coffee map. There'd be, I swear, hundreds of places just in Condessa. Within a 30 second walk of my front door of my apartment, I have four coffee shops. Yeah. 30 seconds. And if you walk two minutes, there's another four. Right. (laughs) It is crazy. I feel like even you mentioning from like an art gallery perspective and comparing it to other cities in the world, like I swear Mexico City is in stealth because people don't know this. I think a lot of people have like no concept. And again, it's so dense and there's so many different pockets of neighborhoods. We love Condesa, but there's Coyoacan, there's Centro, and there's so many other neighborhoods. I think it's like over 21.5 million people live in Mexico City. When you fly in, it's just such density. There are these neighborhoods that have very different feels. And it's, again, so international. I've had incredible Korean food here, Thai food here. And there's also so much different cuisine on even like different regional Mexican food that, again, best city, I think, for restaurants, art. And yeah, I'm excited just to be a part of it. Yeah. What's been your favorite thing about Mexico My favorite thing about Mexico City, good question. I would say like hands down tacos. There's just, there's tacos everywhere. There's gourmet tacos. There's more established tacos. There's tacos on the street. I can't even eat Mexican food in the U.S. now because the tacos here have set the bar way too high. And the city has strong taco game. Yeah, it's super true. A fun thing about Mexico City that I learned recently is like the history of the Al Pastor taco. So everyone talks about the Al Pastor taco. You'll walk by taco shops and they have this big kind of spit that's spinning meat. And you're always like, oh, what is that? Looks great. And it has a lot more history to it than just like an amazing taco. It came from Lebanese immigrants, I think back in 1930s. I may not have that one right, but Lebanese immigrants that came here that inspired them. Basically a fusion of like shawarma meets taco. And so anyone that doesn't know and El Pastor is kind of this pork shawarma that's in Arabic spices. You add onion, cilantro, and pineapple. And then if you're really a foodie, 
you get a gringa, which is essentially the same thing with cheese. And I would say if you can try one thing in Mexico City, it's a gringa. I, it's just like incredible. Everybody. I absolutely agree. Yeah, tacos are amazing. But cheese, that's, that's really where my heart is. Yeah. I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah. Also, a hock and cheese. Oh, like, best. wow. Like that, it's like absolutely the best. And like many things, you can buy it on the street, whether it's figs or nuts. And people are either walking around or they have a cart. And every time someone offers me to buy this little ball of Oaxaca cheese, I do it every time because it's like the better version of string cheese. Oh, absolutely. In a knot, it's rolled up knot. And there's, and it's also, it's Mexico. And so it's so inexpensive still. Like mm-hmm. it costs you less than $5 for this ball that's like the size of two fists. Right. It's amazing. On the flip side, what has been your least favorite thing about Mexico City? What do you think is like the biggest downside? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I like to think of myself as a balanced person that I, even though I definitely have rose-colored glasses when it comes to thinking about life here, I would say that the three things to be mindful of. And again, this isn't something that is like only specific to here, but is prevalent here. One of them would be elevation. We're very elevated. We're actually higher than Lake Tahoe. And city in the sky. Exactly. And it's kind of fun when I'm doing workouts. I like to pretend that I'm doing an extra hard workout. I don't know if people know, but Olympic athletes actually come here to train at elevation because they perform better at lower elevations. And so anytime I go up the stairs, I'm like, wow, I'm so tired. Like, I'm not out of shape. I'm like, oh, I'm at elevation. I like to think that is it's just like an extra bump on any fitness. It's boosted training. The other two things, aside from elevation, is air quality. This is really a crisis that cities around the world are facing. I moved from L.A. where there's, again, a lot of smog. There's fires now. And even from us both living in San Francisco, they're so prevalent. I was in San Francisco back in Labor Day when the sky turned orange and it was like it was eerie. The day the sun didn't come out. It was creepy. It was very creepy, apocalyptic. And I've lived in Shanghai and during summer, I truly did not see the sun once. And so we have to realize how lucky we are for the places that have really positive AQI, but also realize this is a growing problem for cities around the world. And so I wouldn't let it really prevent you from visiting or coming or living. Really often it doesn't affect me or it's been a really healthy range, but that's something to consider. Well, Mexico City, I do want to note, has taken a lot of steps to combat it. They restrict cars from driving on certain days, mm-hmm. like their plate numbers. Just a couple of years ago, they replaced all of the taxis in the city, these like little beetles with the new pink taxis. Mm-hmm. Also, a couple of years ago, they outlawed fire burning stove. Oh, wow. So it's like almost impossible to get firewood here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what guy? <laughs> I actually have um, a fire pit and it's taken weeks before to get wow. firewood for it just to be able to have a little fire every once in a while. They definitely have taken measures to deal with that. Unfortunately, part of the problem with Mexico City is that it's a city in a valley. Mm-hmm. And so it's really a victim of geography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's a lot to do with that. And I think it's amazing to see policy shifts. And I think a secret to Mexico is having like a guy for everything yeah. in terms of like everyone's very like niche of like one thing that they own, but they've got you. Yeah. So that's a big cheat code to Mexico City as a whole. There are a lot of these pushes. A company on more of the startup side is Beat, which is 
uh, ride-sharing companies that are all Tesla, uh, essentially an EV fleet. And I don't know the science behind it, but engines were not created to actually run at this altitude. So like, apparently the elevation actually causes a bigger challenge than like lower sea level places. I'll probably have to fact check that. Don't quote me on this one, but that's just what I heard. But it's cool to see a place that has high density, seeing EV fleets. And eventually in the U.S., we're going to see the same. We're going to probably see policy shift to after a certain date of like EV only. And we've seen a lot of subsidies and support around that. It's great to see like that being beta tested here. And a lot of people also don't know of like interesting things being launched here is also Joker launch here, which is the 15 minute delivery company in the New York City. Now they have Fridge No More, Joker, Gorillas. They're doing within 15 minutes delivery of like basic groceries, almost like a go puff, but in 15 minutes. Yeah. And they Rappi. launched here. Rappi also has, Rappi has their 10 minute delivery, which to me is just this logistical miracle. I don't mm -hmm. do it, but I've ordered a bunch of fruits and vegetables and shampoo and mm -hmm. I don't know, like basic necessities before. And it's taken me longer to order than it's taken them to deliver it. And it's just mind-boggling, incredibly convenient. Mm -hmm. Yes, 100%. I work in tech investing and really looking at the market here is just last mile is super cheap because labor is cheaper here. And so that's a big part of it. I'm seeing in New York these areas where people that are bike delivery are hanging out waiting for their next matched job. It's really interesting to see how easy it is to get things easier to order food or order like groceries. I asked a friend recently, like, oh, where do you get your yoga mat? And they said, Rappi. And I was like, really? Like, oh, that's amazing. And so as we see shifts of like decentralized commerce in the U.S., we see e-commerce growing here or like same day or now delivery. It feels sometimes like we're almost living in the future of how easy it is to order non-food items and have them delivered fast, where I feel like it's still emerging in the U.S. and like not as cost effective. On a similar note, what are you most excited about in Mexico City? Because you've decided to live here. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. I'm so grateful to build a home here. And really, it's because I'm doing everything I need to be doing for work. I have a great community here. And also, there's just so much opportunity here. Another big pull for me to live here that I'm excited about is really the entrepreneurs here and the innovation here. And seeing kind of in real time and being part of this huge cultural shift to digital transformation. We're seeing now e-commerce trends. Some of the fastest growing in the world are in Latin America. And so we're seeing e-commerce trends grow, payments and fintech grow here. We're seeing a lot of opportunity logistic and incredible talent on the ground to build solutions for Mexico, for Latin America. And so I'm really excited to start being a bigger part of the entrepreneurial ecosystem here and also trying to help foster connection here. Yeah. And related to that, also crypto. Like we were talking about, I started throwing these crypto events every week, and now I'm going to start throwing them across Mexico. And that community connected tangentially to like the VC and startup community. I'm starting to see these networks form and these stronger communities where people are hungry right. to join and they're excited about it and they're, they're motivated. And with Mexico City being such a comfortable and easy and accessible place to live. I really see Mexico City as being like the next Miami. Right. To see it come out of your self mode, mm -hmm. as you said, mm -hmm. and come onto the world stage in a really real way where it's no longer overlooked. 
Mm-hmm. I certainly think so. Because it, it is an amazing place to live. And when we build community, that makes it a lot easier for people to drop in and immediately be plugged in. And then they're more incentivized to come here and invest and, and bring the talent here and start new companies mm-hmm. and join the companies that are already here. I think across Latin America, that's true, but especially starting here in Mexico City and then mm-hmm. like branching out there. Yeah, I think just building upon that, I'm just so high conviction on like the time is now for Mexico and the time is now for Mexico City. And you're seeing talent coming here and whether people had the flexibility and they landed here, they realize like, wow, life is great here. And we're on central time. So it's great to work with New York and SF. We're kind of right in the middle. It's a very easy flight back to go to LA. It's three and a half hours. It's essentially the same amount of travel time from like New York to SF. You can hop on a plane and be back in the U.S. no problem any day. If you're flying from either SF or New York, it's faster to be in Mexico City than to fly from either coast to the other. Right, exactly. So I feel like similar to Mexico City being itself, like I think people just have no idea where it is on the map. I know a lot of us aren't great at geography, so I won't hold it against anyone. But I think as people start to come into like these realizations and experience it themselves, they realize, oh, it's not so crazy. People don't think it's so wild to move to Toronto or Montreal. And really, Mexico City should be no different. It's just a neighbor to the U.S. And there's a lot in the city that is really special. So, yeah, I really think Mexico City is having a moment. And I think I feel like I'm always like getting older where I'm like, oh, I wish I miss it when it was like this. During the pandemic, there was less traffic. And so I'm excited for the growth and cherishing kind of each day. Yeah. There was a fintech event here at Supra the other day. And we went from Supra over to Departamento afterwards. I was the after slash second part. And there was this giant table with all these people who looked like they knew each other. I go over there and I ask them if they were part of the fintech event. They're like, no, we're all business students at Berkeley. Really? Yeah. What are you here for? A conference or something? They're like, no, we, we had a long weekend. So there's about 50 students from Berkeley that are here. There's about 200 from UCLA. Wow. So that means 250 grad students were all in Mexico City just for a weekend. Right. And I think that just goes to show how accessible it is. Like mm-hmm. the fact that you can move that many people here just to hang out and enjoy a city for a weekend. It's, it's like going to Vegas or something. Right. right. Exactly. Fly to Mexico City just as easily and probably just as cheaply. Yeah, easily. exactly. It's a great place. I think that's such a testament. If you don't believe in magic, come to Mexico City. And I feel like you see magic every day and there's small just like hints of that in like entropy of just like people are somehow in the right place and there's this alignment and it really does feel like entropy at, at its finest and it does feel like magic to me and it's, yeah, it's special I, I can't always name it and I can't bottle it I can't prove it to anyone but there's definitely a lot of magic here well Kate was there anything else you wanted to mention um before we Yeah, I don't think so. But just thanks so much for having me today. And like, thank you for everything you're doing, because I truly have met friends in New York City and L.A. and San Francisco that all know you. And again, you helped make their trip. And I think you also convinced some people to move here and have the confidence to do that. (laughs) Yeah, certainly. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you, because I've seen just like your commitment again, like you've been doing it out of like your own personal desire of really connecting people and going truly like above and beyond. I feel like even on your birthday weekend, 
people were, were asking a lot of questions and needed help. And like you always made time for people. And again, like it's hard to build a sustainable community. And I've seen you do it and I've seen you expand. And whether it's your blockchain events, which like, again, like are at capacity every week or kind of your lunches and your dinners, you're really giving people the opportunity to connect and finding kind of a home here. So thank you for everything you're doing. And I'm happy to be back and to participate. I really deeply appreciate that. It's been a lot, but it's been magical. And like, I think about the Bay and how I can't believe I left it because that to me is such a magical city. But I'm here in Mexico City and yesterday was my one year and I don't think I'm ever going back. (laughs) And so to hear that, you know, what I'm doing here, like this like crazy little thing that I started here has really had such a big impact on other people. Like it feels very special to me. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Well, Mexico City and all of us are so happy to have you here and we're all excited for more memories and and more events. Thanks. And I'm so excited that everyone is here. It's like, if I can't go back to San Francisco where all my favorite people are, it's like, well, I could just gather all those kinds of people here where I want to live, where there's good tacos. Right. Yeah. It just takes <laughs> one trip to get people to be like, oh, wow, I, I, I see why you moved here. I get a lot of like, oh, you moved to Mexico. Like, how interesting. Other people were like going to national parks in America during COVID. And I I think it truly just takes one trip for people to be like, oh, I get it now. And like, how can I now do the same? So just join my groups. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So many people like, here's the link, like to the housing group, to like the WhatsApp, all the different WhatsApp groups. I'm just like, here's a link for literally every question someone has. And people are finding apartments and having a ton of fun here. So and now we can send them to the podcast, too. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. All right. Okay. Thank you again so much for coming on. Really appreciate your perspective. Um, Well, thanks so much. I guess we're signing off. Thank you so much for listening to CDMX Expats. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with anyone you know who might be surprised to learn more about Mexico City. Again, my name is Raquel Ramirez, and I can't wait to share more about this magical city with you. Till next time. Till next